Hello and welcome to our featured presentation. We're a couple guys that get together, talk about movies. You are in no obligation to listen, but we appreciate when you do. Uh, once again, that is our featured presentation with an ED. Uh, joining me as always is someone who does not have an ED. Uh, Caleb, say hello. Caleb Michael Miller. Wonderful. And on my right-hand side, which shouldn't matter given this is an audio podcast, <laughs> is uh, someone who elected to plead the fifth on the ED issue, Daniel. I'm Daniel, and I am, in fact, on his right side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. Not always. Not always. Not always. You can't see this, but you no. can trust me. He's not always on the right side. I, I, wouldn't, I would never trust you. No, I wouldn't. No. Not to throw you. No. Uh, you guys see anything good? Anything good this week? Anything good this week? Uh, I, I did, and I'll bring that up later. I oh. actually yeah. uh, purchased Ready Player One on uh, book form. Ah, That's awesome. I so when does that come out? Uh, next week. Movie. Next okay. week. March, March 27th. I've heard I it's a short read, hmm. so maybe. I mean, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, I have not started it yet. I just picked it up, mm-hmm. uh, but you guys got me thinking. I saw it at uh, the Target, and mm-hmm. I saw it on sale, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this. I'm going to read awesome. it. That's awesome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. So Yeah, I would like to as well. Maybe I can borrow it after you do, and I'll for just sure. be a little late uh, to the game. I, hey, man, that's the only game you can be late to. I can be your ready player, too. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, originally my thoughts on the film were I thought it was going to be, listen, Spielberg is Spielberg. He's yeah, he is. incredible. But um, just the movie, like the, the idea of the film and the book, it was like just something chock full of references that I, you know, I was like, oh, oh that trailer. Oh man, it's so the newest one with Aha. Yeah, take on me. That's mm-hmm. what sold me. I was like, oh my god! And she was like, get ready, McFly or whatever like that. And yeah. I was like, what? And like so that then I went to the, I went to the store the next day, bought the book. Yeah, so. that's awesome. No, it was really excited. good. So I have picked up the book, um, and I'm excited to read that. So that'll be very cool. Um, awesome. In other news, yeah, Daniel's interesting. Daniel's an interesting person. Uh, he yeah. does mm. he, he does own a fountain pen. Yeah, I own a fountain pen. Daniel it is, is a, a fountain it is pen. a Japanese. It's a medium oh, point. Come fountain on, pen. yeah, and uh, it's leaking a little bit, so I think the ink's a bit uh, runny. I okay. need to have a, like a and ink. For once, I can say I relate to that because I now own a fountain pen. Oh, <laughs> let's fist bump. Here Which one did you get? Which one did you get? Um, Amazon. <laughs> I have no well, idea. It was Amazon <laughs> brand. All, all I know is that it was sixty dollars. I got it on sale for ten bucks. Ooh, sixty dollars. So, ten I bucks. The, I got the Pilot Metropolitan. Okay. Right, of course. Right. You gotta go. I wanted the Lamy, right. uh, the German fountain pens. Yeah, but all right. Not, you know, I'll just get the Pilot. I'm pretending to be with you here, but I'm yeah. not. I'm not here. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, even, so I'm not even pretending. Let's just pretend that I know what a fountain pen really does because I bought it because I want to be, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a writer trying to, you know, write, write some you stuff. Look, you look sophisticated. And uh, if someone wants to borrow your pen, you're like, no, you, know, you can't. No, you can go. Well, I bought it and I didn't know you had to buy the ink. Oh, <laughs> so uh, here I see, am. Mine, mine came with it. Here cartridge. I am with an air filled pen trying to write looking like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had to buy ink separately, and this is just a story of uh, fountain pens, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, it's a great story. Daniel, Daniel, uh, Daniel, good sir. You uh, asked a question last week. Did you I did know? ask a question. Yes. My question was, what is the most underrated animated film of all time? So not necessarily the best, such a good, but question. the most, but the most underrated. underrated. Yes. Uh, Any answers? Let's see what Caleb thinks. I really thought about this question because when good. you asked last week, I thought I had the answer. Like that, yeah. I was like, oh, I know what it is. Yeah, instantly. I was like, this is this is what the movie is. And then I really, really, really thought about it. Yeah. And uh, my sister, huge fan of you know Disney animated films in general, yeah. mm-hmm. talked to her a little bit about it. Uh, about, about about talked to her a little bit about my answer. Um, and she was like, why that? And I was like, well, why not this? But to put it in perspective, she so I put together a little runner-up list of animated films that okay. I thought mm-hmm. were underrated. Um, these are just the runner-ups. 
So you have Warner Brothers Animation, Batman Under the Red Hood. Oh, you very, know? very yeah. good. Very because yes. it's direct to video. Yep. And you know, I people don't usually consider direct to video movies as you know like things you should watch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's one of my favorites though. It's so it good. I think that's my favorite Batman animated film, it and that's saying something because there's a lot. The the ones with Damien is Robin. Those are fantastic. Those are good. So um, good, and you know, great performances in that yeah. movie too. I was whatever about the Killing Joke, and and it was fine. Yeah, it was fine, but. Mm-hmm. The Killing Joke. I feel like it just had a lot that it was trying to live up to, and it was trying to become. It was trying to be an adaption and change some things. Yeah, right. And things that I just didn't flow with very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so you know, Under the Red Hood. I really thought about that. Mm-hmm. DreamWorks has a movie called Rise of the Guardians. That yeah. I know. I didn't see that. Same I here. Recently watched it. It's about basically it's about a bunch of holiday icons mm-hmm. who get together and are just like badasses. Right. Like they're badass versions of their holiday self. You have the Easter Bunny voiced by Hugh Jackman. Oh. You know, and he's that's like, awesome. doesn't make any sense. And then like you know, Santa Claus is Russian or you know Ukraine or something like. So like it's a crazy. It's this. It's huh. a very interesting film. Hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, it's not. Def- it's a good watch. It's definitely underrated. You yeah. Know? It, it, okay. Deserved, yeah. it deserves more attention. Yeah. Um, for sure. So um, I believe it's Leica uh, Productions. They have Kubo and the Two Strings, mm-hmm. one of yes. my favorite movies. What a very underrated studio. Yeah, very, very, mm-hmm. very underrated studio. Uh, what I was trying to get Luke to watch that one. Uh, what else have they done? Yeah, uh, Paranorman. Um, oh yeah, I didn't see Paranorman. I have either. not seen Paranorman, but yeah. I do. I did see Kubo. Great film. Uh, I believe it has the biggest model ever used in stop motion because it's this big monster they fight. Wow. Hmm. So, no, very, very great film. Um, you know, Charlie's Theron is in it. Uh, it's yeah. super interesting. Very good. Um, so those are my, you know, non-Disney films mm-hmm. used for underrated movies. And then for Disney, here are my – these are the first two movies I was going to use as runner-ups. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Tarzan. Okay. I think it's fairly really underrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fairly underrated. Great music. Um, and I think it's it underrated in my eyes because, again, it was part of the Disney renaissance, something we spoke about last week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, how, you know, you have Little Mermaid, Lion King, um, these huge pillars of animated movies yeah. up against Tarzan. And yeah. it just doesn't... I don't know. Maybe it's it's just in the shadow because of it's of what company it's in. It, exactly. It's overshadowed. Right. We're just comparing it, you know, to yeah. these bigger things. But Tarzan is just such a, you know, centered movie on it's it's just like a coming of age movie in the jungle. Honestly, like yeah. you know what I mean. Like you know, it's got some really underrated music by Phil mm-hmm. Collins. Yeah, that's it's one of my favorite. Uh, at, it's one of my favorite animated film soundtracks ever, and, um, and yeah. it's it's very. And you know what? It's, I think it's it's one of the only Disney movies that the characters are not singing. It's songs around them. Yeah, you right. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Jane doesn't sing. Like it's Phil Collins songs. Yeah. in the movie, so it's like it, it's very interesting to watch that mm-hmm. and let let the animation flow with the music. Yeah, yeah. Um, similarly with Hercules, I think is severely underrated. Yeah, amazing performance by James Woods as Hades. Mm-hmm. You oh know? Yeah. yeah, so good. Is my hair is my hair out? You know what I'm saying? Like such good things. And yeah. Meg Meg is such a strong female character um, in that movie as well. Hercules just very underrated film, I think, because mm-hmm. you know when you think of Disney, you're like oh. Um, you know, Snow White, you know, all these like pinnacle movies. Yeah, Cinderella. Cinderella. Right. But like, I, I feel like not enough people think of, oh, wow, Hercules is really good. Yeah. You know, so those are my, those, I was going to choose yeah. one of those two. And then I was like, no, this is my underrated movie. And this mm-hmm. isn't it. Okay. But this is the one I was going to choose and okay. I changed my mind last minute. Okay. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Severely mm-hmm. underrated. And it's, and I, I and I understand why it's underrated because yeah. there are things in that movie I disagree with, yeah, for sure. But mm-hmm. it's such a ballsy movie, 
you have them talking about dark, dark stuff, gypsies, religion, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Frollo is a, I believe he's a priest and it's just, he's one, he's probably Disney's darkest villain. Honestly, he's talking Mm. about if Esmeralda doesn't be with me, I'm going to burn her. Like, and that he has a whole song dedicated to that. Perhaps that's why it's not more mm-hmm. popular. And, and, that, and, I wonder, yeah. and I wonder if what part of it, what makes it dark is because, I mean, you have Ursula who like takes someone's voice. Right. You have, um, you know, in all these other fantastical Disney films, is right. you have villains that are definitely evil, lots of malice. Mm-hmm. But I think because they have a more fantasy element to them, there's a degree of separation from right. it. Whereas right. in Notre Dame, it's, very real it's very it's like very i'm real it's and not like i'm a magic it, i mean there is elements to it but it's like i'm a guy i want to kill a person and you're like whoa that's a disney <laughs> Wait, movie. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> right yeah. honestly and i think that's why i love it so much is it's such a real story yeah. and you have a you know you have a boy who's just stuck in a tower and he wants to see the real world mm-hmm. and i feel like that's how we a lot of us feel inside you know what i'm saying like it's just it's just a very true story and it's yeah. very like true to it, it doesn't the story doesn't take any like um, shortcuts. Now there are things, obviously, in terms of viewership, like they have the singing gargoyles and stuff, which mm-hmm. I think right. there's, there's a tonal issue there in the movie, and I feel like that's why it's not. There's there's reasons why it's not remembered as well as some other movies. Right, um, but again, it, underrated. Underrated. Is, there's so much good sure. stuff in there Under, that it's so, not getting credit for. That is exactly the movie I was going to choose, and then I realized that all three of those movies are nominated for Academy Awards. Ah. So, you know, Tarzan and Hercules both have original song nominations. Yeah. Um, and Hunchback didn't get a song nomination, but it got score. So I was like, wait a second. These are all nominated. So they all got recognition. Yeah. And then I realized that underrated is kind of a biased opinion, obviously, because I realized that my favorite underrated film of all time is 1995's A Goofy Movie. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. I forgot how much I love that movie. Um, Great movie, and you know they played it. It was theatrically released after Lion King, mm-hmm. huh? Before you know, this is before Tarzan, Hercules, Hunchback. There were yeah. all these movies we just talked about, but it's yeah. it got lost in the dust. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's such a weird. It's a, a weird, weird, dad, weird, a weird movie. dad and son. It's, it's a great, but it so... showcases that relationship so well. It's got great underrated music, um, you know, and power line that Michael Jackson Prince type character that mm-hmm. Max Goof is trying to, you know. Um, B to impress Roxanne and yeah. that whole dynamic in the movie and it, <laughs> oh, it, it, it perfectly captures like the high school feeling of like oh I love th- I like this girl mm-hmm. I like this boy or whatever and you know do they feel the same way and then his dad misses his son and there's a lot of unspoken things too like where's Goofy's wife yeah you know like, oh, so, like yeah. where's that dynamic and uh, fun fact Goofy's real name is George George, my name's George. (laughs) Yeah, so like Goofy's a real character, and like you realize that they call him Goofy because he's Goofy. Like it's it's interesting. So now there's a lot. It's a great dynamic in that movie, and it's got really underrated music. It's it showcases the bond between a father and son. Amazingly, it's a really fun time, for sure. That's fascinating Mm -hmm. because my pick Mm -hmm. was an extremely Goofy movie. You are kidding me. No, that was my pick. When I asked the question, that was my pick. The now, most underrated was now extremely... Now, why is the sequel the one that you pick? I think the the idea that Max is getting away from his dad and uh-huh. then his dad goes back to college uh-huh. and is reintroduced, I, I, I think it sort of ups the ante on the right. father and son dynamic. Right, right. <laughs> um, the fact that Goofy gets a girlfriend and you get to see right. sort of that part of Goofy, 
fantastic. I yeah. think the skateboarding is very well depicted. Yeah. yeah. Very well realized. That's that's crazy yeah. you say that because I you know I remember watching as a kid on Disney Channel mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. like ads for an extremely goofy movie yeah. you know showcased um, and they'd show like Goofy with the afro you know what he was like yeah, yeah. I am Maxi <laughs> like, <you're> like <laughs> I am Maxi <laughs> takes her out to um, a disco on college yeah yeah but um no yeah it, I think it's very funny I I, mm-hmm. I love that movie great. No, yeah, very funny, very good movie. Um, that's that's really yep. interesting that you chose the sequel. So that, that's for that. that's funny. Mm-hmm. He chose, a good and you movie. know what? I'm a huge Roxanne and Max fan. Yeah, so I love that relationship, and I love how that's explored. And uh, so that's probably why I prefer mm-hmm. the first and one. And she wasn't in the se- yeah, mm-hmm. she wasn't in the second yeah. one. And yeah, there's a lot more. You know, there's just a lot more depth to that movie than you realize. Both of them, you know, like, mm-hmm. like yeah. him and uh, Goofy and Max are on the boat singing about. You know, it's like, well, I'm glad I'm with you. Yep. You know, it's like, wait a second, this is really touching. And then at the end of the movie where he's like, Dad, do the perfect cast when he's on the stage of the power line. Just a lot of good stuff, man. No, that's my pick, dude. That's my pick. Awesome. What about you, Lucas? Mine is definition of underrated I'm ready. movie. Hit me with it. And Show me. you may or may not have heard of this. Okay. It is called Jungle Emperor Leo. This was a Japanese hmm. film. It was uh, originally a manga, and I believe there was an anime series okay. and a film. Okay. When was this released? Um, this was in throughout the 80s and early 90s. Okay. Interesting. And it was by the guy that did Astro Boy. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it features the character who in Japan is beloved, Kimba the White Lion. Oh, yeah. And that may sound familiar because Simba is the lead character right. in mm-hmm. The Lion King. Yeah, I heard about this. And so you have the Kimba Simba controversy mm-hmm. uh whose father is the king of the jungle whose evil brother who also has a messed up eye pushes him off of a cliff uh he runs away out into the jungle uh he's befriended by some funny animals there's uh babbling hyenas there's a bird like zazu uh young lioness love interest uh shot for there's the same shots that look like pride rock of them sitting there you can look at sequences side by side and they have the same Mm. shot order and everything and it's just fascinating because the this was first this is before lion king yes yes exactly and lion king was heavily marketed Mm. as disney's first original story because all their movies before that were based on something they were adapted Mm -hmm. and they were claiming this as the original story and that this was completely new, new completely new. And it was actually one of the most, uh, yeah, it was one of the most similar to something else. It was the least original. Um, that's interesting. Of all. So mm. that's interesting that it just goes so underrated, uh, still in Japan, a beloved icon, but the scale of the lion King, I mean, that's the right. lion King. Yeah. And right. to have a film that <laughs> was in a whole series that was that story beforehand. Right. That, most people in the West don't know about. That's just really fascinating. That's really mm. interesting. Yeah. When, when did you see this movie? Um, I haven't seen it, actually. I've seen like scenes and clips from it, but that would be the most underrated. It's so underrated, I haven't even rated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but That's an interesting story. <laughs> yeah. There's a really great video on YouTube for people that want like the in-depth thing. It's called The Original Story, The Kimba Simba Controversy by Alley Cat. Hmm. Uh great youtube video i would now, recommend people check that out is this ali as an a l l i e or like ali as a l l i space 
the letter K A T. Right. Okay. Oh, Mix, mixing it up. Yeah, mixing it up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, not okay. keeping uh, you on your toes. Yeah, literally. Not, hey, like not like a big popular yeah, a YouTuber bit. or anything like that. Uh, it was, but it was a really well put together video. So okay. So, so boys. Oh boys. So boys. I have something I would like to discuss with you. All right. Well, that's great. So this week I saw a movie and I enjoyed the movie. Good. That Good. movie was 2018 Tomb Raider. Really? Ah. Alicia Vikander. Really? And I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Alicia Vikander because I love Ex Machina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. Great movie. Incredib- incredible incredible movie, movie, and she, hit, she did incredible performance in that Powerhouse. Role. I was very surprised she wasn't nominated for at least Best Supporting mm-hmm. Actress. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but fantastic movie. But on the topic of Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. it got me thinking a lot because I... This Tomb Raider is not based off of the original PS1 idea of Laura Croft, very sexualized, overly sexualized, you, yeah. know, um, you know, totally unrealistic. But this Tomb Raider is depicted on the 2013 reboot game yeah. that oh. they released for PS3 and then translated to PS4. And that, that version of Laura Croft is a survivor who realizes that she loves archaeology and is awakened to, you know, go and raid these tombs and basically look at her dad's legacy and things like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a Ray from yeah, Star yeah, Wars. Very similar, of, to Rey, yeah. uh, very similar to Ray from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but so I was very interested in this movie because we all know about video game movies and most mm-hmm. of them are just horrible. Mm-hmm. Right. Horrible. Um, but it really got me thinking because I feel like this was one of the biggest steps in video game to movie translations. Okay. Mm. Was it great? Um, n- no. Um, was it bad? No, it was very good. Good, and gotcha. it was Alicia Vikander was fantastic. The movie itself was okay. You know, okay. I have no problems. Yeah. with it. I mean, it was just, but it it brought to my attention the idea of video game movies mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, so I have a list with me of All right. movies or video games that have been adapted into live action film, not mm-hmm. considering the Pokemon movie or, you know, right. Angry Birds or anything like that. Like right. These are like movies that were translated. So the first live action uh, uh, movie would be Super Mario Bros. Oh, wow. That was the oh. First. What was that? 1986? That was 1993. No, 93. Uh, so yeah. that's, wow. and I can't, I because no, I knew that's one of the most n- notoriously bad movies. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't realize it was the first notoriously bad video game movie. I thought I assumed you know things have been made before that. Um, so you have here are a couple other ones. You have Street Fighter, yeah. uh, Mortal Kombat, which I haven't seen, but I've heard from many as a guilty pleasure. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I mean the the game is ridiculous. Right, so right. So right. I would, like, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like and uh, so then you have other movies like um, so you have Laura Croft Tomb Raider came out two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, Angelina yeah. Jolie, and yeah. it's funny enough as okay. As bad as that movie is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again, I would think that's a step in the right direction because they yeah, took yeah. a video game character and they brought her to life. And Angel- Angelina Jolie, based off the PS1 version of Laura yeah. Croft, perfect casting. Yeah. Oh, she I looks agree. just like her. I agree. And I had seen scenes the other day on the TV before we had filmed this podcast. And mm-hmm. she, listen, the movie is cheesy as all get out, but mm-hmm. she looks incredible because she's literally, she looks just like Laura Croft from the video game. Yeah. It's crazy. They have the, like, the hair strand coming down and like, mm-hmm. the double guns. Yeah. And the movie's not good. It's hilariously fun to watch. It's a great, inter- no, it's entertaining as hell. Mm-hmm. But 
Again, so it's interesting. So I think that's a step in the right direction in video game movies. You have yeah. Resident Evil. You have another. You have all the Resident Evil movies. You have um, a Doom movie came out. Silent Hill. Oh, yeah. Um, Far Cry. Apparently that was a movie. Far um, Cry movie. I apparently huh. in 2008. Um, and then you have Prince of Persia: Sands of Time, 2010. Yeah. Yep. Um, Hall. Another guilty pleasure of mine. I am a huge Jake Gyllenhaal fan. I do like. Me I didn't Jake see Gyllenhaal. that one. Uh, I didn't, didn't, yeah, I didn't see the film, but. Uh, I, like I saw it theaters. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Uh, no, you have apparently a Tekken movie came out. I, I was hoping that would come up during I this conversation. One, yeah. I saw it twice. <laughs> you saw that movie? I've yeah, seen yeah. it twice. It's zero percent Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. No, I, and I didn't go into it with the it's, idea it's that it would good. be good. <laughs> what was it like? Now I'm curious. Well, see, the, the, the thing about I've Tekken is the idea is you're trying to decide who's going to control this, you know, military corporation that controls yeah. the world <laughs> and how you do that is in a fist fight right <laughs> so we say hey let's fist fight and decide who gets to control the world right right exactly or destroy the world if they want now to now we're being political that's what trump's doing right now <laughs> <laughs> hey you don't you don't want to see my iron fist coming right at you <laughs> <laughs> no. but, the, but the characters in in tekken the game are so incredibly powerful and mm-hmm. strong that you you can sort of suspend your discipline and think okay yeah he he could kill me with one punch easily so okay, okay. so it but, seems valid yeah the, the martial arts in the tekken movie isn't good and, mm-hmm. and, it's, and the the king of fighters is this little arena this little okay. tournament and is the guy with a tiger head does he actually have a tiger head or is that a mask i don't the like, idea you know is that, i mean about? he he's based on the the lucha libre fighters oh. in mexico so they oh, they have okay. masks and they keep their masks on so uh, okay right. i thought it was like a anthropomorphic like Tiger Man. That that's not above the the game, but oh. no, you have a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I think monster. I think any of the pleasure that a Tekken fan would get from watching the movie, they would get more out of just like going to a cosplay convention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So that's interesting. Yeah. So Tekken, man, that's crazy. I did not see that. Um, so then you have here are the movies that I feel like, um, if someone were playing darts, mm-hmm. hit the wall next to the board, and it's like, you're. I mean, good okay. try. You know what I mean? You. Yeah. So you have Need right for right. Speed. Yeah. Okay, now listen. Yeah. Need for Speed. I actually I enjoy that movie. I, I love Aaron Paul. I, do too. I really enjoy it. As I well. do too. And it's it's it, it tried to differentiate itself from Fast and Furious. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because Fast and Furious was, you know, cheesy and then it was mega cheesy and then it became a, a heist type film. Mm-hmm. And right. then it grew into something, you know, embracing how silly it was. But mm-hmm. the Need for Speed tried to pull a little bit more of a serious card. I, I like the idea that they had a spotter in the air yeah. with the helicopter, so mm-hmm. it's very well organized. Right. Just, oh, let's just drag race here, and then there's yeah. cops here, and then they blow up, and then right, yeah. right, and, and and so like um I I think it's interesting because I don't remember that movie too well, but I remember the mm-hmm. crashes and all that stuff mm-hmm. were handled much more seriously than like the over the top manner of Fast and Furious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It it was a good thing. It had a lot of practical effects, and right? All yeah. realistic effects. They, oh, they cr- they crashed. Yeah. So like with the Koenigseggs in the beginning, they didn't actually crash Koenigseggs. Those are two million dollar cars. Right. But they built the kit cars, which I felt didn't look a hundred percent. I could tell they weren't the real cars, yeah. and they were a bit high up. Let's mm-hmm. say they weren't very low to the ground. Yeah, that was okay. my biggest complaint with but the film dude, is they were Mustang. a bit high up and set low. To the <laughs> That's Daniel's biggest dude, complaint. That with Mustang. <laughs> yeah. Daniel's definitely the car guy of the group. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have Need for Speed, and then there are a couple movies I didn't see actually because I didn't. Um, I I like my time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I respect you, myself. <laughs> I, I respect my uh, my time. Um, you have uh, Hitman Agent Forty Seven. Yeah, didn't see it. Oh, that. yeah. Based off of the Hitman series, didn't see it. Uh, Warcraft. 
by Duncan Jones, who did Moon with Sam Rockwell. Oh. Uh. Did not see Warcraft. Um, yeah. Love Duncan Jones. Um, he's a very underrated filmmaker. He just mm-hmm. came out with Mute on Netflix. Haven't seen that either. Yeah. Um, uh, just Both Moon and Mute are on my list. And, and I need to watch them. Um, yeah. So, but I, I, I did see a little bit of Moon. Um, for whatever reason, I believe I had to go uh, turn off or something. But no, I watched Moon. And I was like, wow, this guy's really brilliant. Um, mm. But so I didn't see Warcraft. Apparently that bombed too. Yeah, um, it, it everything about it just said miss it. Uh, yeah, uh, I, and you know I'll probably watch it one day when I'm drunk or something. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, like like you know I'll be on the couch in my apartment mm-hmm. just like Warcraft. Oh, <laughs> I'll Warcraft. Watch it. Yeah. Um, so. I feel like that would be something I would do where I'm like. I really don't like myself, and that's almost like just just <laughs> watching that as a punishment. Too for dark. <laughs> so the funny thing was, mm-hmm. uh, the next movie that came out that I assumed was going to be the game changer mm-hmm. was nice, nice wordplay. Uh, <laughs> um, Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah, 2016. Now here's the thing: if you looked at Okay, let's pretend we didn't see the trailer. I don't know if you boys saw the trailer. I, I saw the trailer. Yeah. Because um, it's Assassin's Creed. And I, listen, I'm a huge fan of some of the games in the series. The yeah. first one, Not the second one. Basically, the Ezio ones. I, and I, the I, first yeah. Altair one, because yeah, it was yeah. the first thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I All didn't. Good. So when I heard this wasn't going to be an adaption of either of the stories, and they were going to go their own way with that, mm-hmm. uh, Fleetwood Mac style, I assume. Nice. Yeah, anytime. Oh, um, I assumed that we would have a chance. Yeah. And I, again, I haven't seen the movie. This is going off, uh, you know, the oh, social yeah. opinion of it. Yeah. Um, but so Michael Fassbender is the assassin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on, that's brilliant. I think that was a good. That's choice, a great yeah. casting choice, and yeah. he's an original character. He's not Ezio. Mm-hmm. He's not um, Altair. Mm-hmm. You know. And so when's it based? Uh, it's based after two. Okay. It's based after two. Around the Renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for okay. sure. Um, but then the trailer released, and it had like Kanye West music backing the. Scenes and I was yeah, like, oh. right. <laughs> um, but not so much. Not so much my taste. Um, so um, and listen, Kanye West, he has some good music, man. But like, I wouldn't put that next to a Renaissance fighting, like assassinating. You know right, I mean? right. Yeah, I agree. And and maybe that's just trailer music. Oh, I, for sure. Like, but I also didn't see the film. I think it's not necessarily like I've said before that it just screamed miss it. I think it was more. It was just really undermarketed. That it, oh yeah, they for they, sure. they needed to push, well, they needed to push that movie. I, I think. It's funny because at the time, because at the time uh, it was really being marketed by close to release. I was living in New York, yeah, and um, you know his all, not Altair, um, whatever Michael Fassbender's assassin yeah. was. He, yeah. he was everywhere. He was on the subways. He was on the mm. stairwells. Um, but New York tickets for those who live there, live there definitely know they are expensive as hell. Yeah, um, yeah. And you, if you're gonna go see a movie. You know, at least for a student, you know, yeah. and if you're going to go see a movie, you want to make sure you're not going to be wasting your time. Wow. And so mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I really want to see this. And my dad, who's also a big fan of the games, was uh, was like, hey, we got to go see this movie as well. Um, so because, you know, everyone loves those double blades. But in- oh, so, yeah. so interesting. I just think it's fascinating that that movie, which came before the 2018 Tomb Raider, which I just saw, mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be the movie that pushes it mm-hmm. forward. You know, takes a, by the handles and says, "Hey, let's let's get these uh, video game adaptation movies in, geared towards the right place." Yeah. Right. But Tomb Raider was the one to do it, in my opinion. I think when you look, I think hmm. one day there's going to be a fantastic video game movie. Don't yeah. know what it's going to be. Yeah. I, I couldn't I tell you, but I feel like people will look back and be like, "Wow, Tomb Raider started that." You know. Interesting. And and what's really funny is I feel like that was the same thing with the original Tomb Raider. So both times it was Tomb Raider. That was the, ah. um, we got this. So yeah. a couple of thoughts in the movie I wanted to bring up were 
so I watched it, and I believe it's a step forward. I think where my problems were is that the CGI was a little spotty. Okay. Um, every now and then, so like, and it and it directly adapts things from the 2013 video game. Yeah. So let's say there's a scene where she's in a plane and then the plane starts like rumbling around. She mm-hmm. falls out. She jumps out with a parachute. Mm-hmm. Well, then it direct it directly does that in the film, but then some things are completely original. Uh-huh. And I'm not hmm. going to spoil them here, but yeah. um yeah, I'd like to see this. It, it, I would suggest you do cuz you know what? I definitely had fun. And I wouldn't say It's important. There's a difference between being entertained and being like <laughs> I'm never going to watch that again. Right. And then being like, wow, you know, one day I'm going to be bored on Friday night and just pop in some Tomb Raider and right. pop some popcorn. Nice, that's awesome. Um so yeah, CJ has a little spotty, story's a bit convoluted, but Alicia McKender was she is Laura Croft. And I yeah, would, nice. and the movie ends on a note where it's like, "Hey, you like this movie? Get ready for the second one that hopefully comes out if you see this one." Yeah, um, but I, but I would we just if, need a green light, like our like our first podcast episode, <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? Lord, honestly, yeah. no. But uh, with that with that note in mind, I was like, "Listen, the way they kind of rushed into the idea of a sequel was like, mm-hmm. but if Alicia Vikander was in it, I oh, I totally watch it because I feel like it's um." It's uh, I don't I don't have an example for this, but it's like you have this great character who's in this kind of sh- shitty movie, and this mm-hmm. movie isn't shitty, but like there's been terms times like that that has happened. Yeah, yeah. So, but you see another movie with that character, and you're like, wait a second, same character, same actress, better movie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like they took her, like she was great in the movie. It was just the movie was it didn't really know where it wanted to go with some things. Yeah. So, yeah, no. So I just wanted to discuss what you guys thought would be a good property that would translate well to film from video games. Interesting. So, because you know you have games like, um, apparently Sonic the Hedgehog is getting a movie. Yeah. We talked about this. Wow. I don't know, excuse me, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where you can take that property. November 15th, 2019, there's a release date for it. Wow. Wow. Minecraft is getting a film. May 24th, 2019. What do you do with Minecraft? I, I mean, it's got to be animated. I mean, I mean, you, have, you have the Lego movies and there's something to there, but there's or, no uh, characters. what was that, Pixels? Oh. Pixels? Oh yeah, yeah. No. Yep. Well, yep. no. Why? Oh, okay. Why? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, uh, no. So I just, if you guys, had, so I think, if it was done, mm-hmm. if it, if someone handled this property artistically, yeah. and with respect, yeah, this could be a good either duology or trilogy. Uh-huh. Shadow of the Colossus. It would be yes. hard. I'm not saying it'd be easy. It would not be I, easy. I think it'd be hard. I think that makes for a great video game. Oh, yes. And the reason um, it works is because, for those of you who haven't played, uh, I recently just played the PS4 remake of it. Yeah. Um, I need to play that. And I always wanted to play the PS2 original. Daniel, you played, I the, played original. the PS2 original. You played the Phenomenal. PS2 original. And all forms of medium of that game are, are art. And that's on the I first. Agree. If someone asks me, hey, why do video games translate to art sometimes? I'm like, well, play Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Play. That'd be one of the games I show them. Well, and. Luke, are you aware of the game? Yeah. What happens? Yeah. Vaguely. And you know how basically there's this kid, his name's Wander, mm-hmm. and he's trying to save either his sister, his wife, his. Uh, we don't know who she yeah. is to him, but mm-hmm. she means a lot. And throughout the game, there are these, um, I believe it's 16 colossi. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. I believe it's 16. And throughout the game, you're fighting these colossus, mm-hmm. and you're taking each of them down, and after you get them taking down this these voices at the temple that he's holding the girl at yeah. are basically telling him hey if you kill these beings we will revive your loved one 
So I'm not going to spoil the ending, but with that premise, it there's no dialogue, there's no NPCs. It's literally the game is you kill a Colossus, you get teleported back to the temple, and you go kill the next Colossus. Wow. And there's no, like, wander. Very it, simple. I, I don't remember much of it, like, a heads-up display. Right, no. It's, it's the HUD is very... Very, very bare. On an yeah. on a intentional yes. reason. It's just, mm-hmm. here's the landscape and scenery, here's your character, and here's the Colossus. And, it, you know, there's no, like... And nothing, here's the music. Yeah, right? nothing yeah. against Legend of Zelda, but there's no like, hey, listen, look, and if you use your bow, you can, you know what I mean? Like, oh, nah, yeah, I mean, yeah, like there's yeah. no like, oh, yeah, up. yeah. <laughs> um, but you just got to figure it out for yourself. So I feel like if someone took that and perhaps, perhaps went into Wander's past a little bit and not necessarily like, why is he Wander? Where did he meet this girl? None of that. Just, yeah. Why did he, what set him on this journey, you know? Yeah. So I'm not, I don't know who's going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe. What if it was something like the movie The Road, which The oh, Road yeah. is very, it's yeah. very s- simple, let's say. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a lot going on in sort of the background, but yeah. it doesn't throw a lot at you. It no. kind of lets you. It's a narrative driven film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perhaps mm-hmm. that's As all movies direction. should be. Yeah. 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 Well, what, I'm, what I think when we're having this conversation and so something mm-hmm. I kind of want your thoughts on right. is just kind of talking about the emergence of pretty good video game movies and mm-hmm. the potential for some great ones coming mm-hmm. out do you think apart because i that really reminds me of superhero movies superhero tv shows for a long time you mm-hmm. had the old adam west batman right going up through stuff in the 80s um with more batman stuff for example it was heavily made into film and then when x-men came out that's when people were like "Uh, superhero movies can be serious movies this is good yeah and even though even though that wasn't like a great film especially to modern superhero standards right um that was the first time people go oh this is what you can do with superhero movies and that really kicked off um this era that we're living in now so with so i think we're about to see that kind of emergence and like you were saying you were starting to see the hints of that in the video game right and do you think part of it, because we've talked before about how video games are their own storytelling mechanism, mm-hmm. is do you think with the recent developments of video games becoming a lot more cinematic mm-hmm. that not necessarily it means it's all video games are better to adapt into films, mm-hmm. but that there's more a larger pool of stuff that easily fits into the movie format, mm-hmm. that there's a lot, it's easier to pull adaptations out of there since they're becoming more similar to film you don't need to rework mm. things to make it a narrative interesting interesting um i it's different because if you're reading a book and mm-hmm. you're okay so harry did you put your name in the goblet of fire yeah dumbledore says calmly you know and that's a big yeah. joke and then in the movie he screams it at him yeah mm. and some fans caught that and we're like, mm-hmm. why did he? Why did he deliver that line that way? Was it the director, or whatever? So I feel yeah. like you'd have ten times more of that. Why didn't Link jump the way he does? You know what I'm saying? Because you're so accustomed to a certain yeah. character. So like, mm-hmm. so in uh, the Tomb Raider games, she has a pickaxe that mm-hmm. she uses in the reboot series. Yeah, it's like this axe that she uses to climb walls. And then the, in right, the next right. game, you get a dual pickaxe thing. Like so, yeah. that shows up in the movie towards the way end of it, hmm. and she uses it to like hit this one guy or whatever. And then she used it to climb something once. And then I've heard a lot of like fan complaints yeah. being like, wait, but that's her pickaxe. She has to use it more. Yeah, so like, yeah. But then there's some fans in the game that always use the bow. So then her lore, their Laura Croft is a bow wielder. Right. So I think that's what brings up the interesting discussion of 
Hmm. It's just different, you know. So yeah. like if you have a very clear cut. This is a narrative. This is a mm-hmm. story movie uh, game like uh, The Last of Us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or this is Joel. This is Ellie. This is how they are, and mm-hmm. you're gonna play. You're gonna be a part of this adventure. And yes, your Joel might use bows and arrows more, but because arrows are limited, you will not always be able to use bows and arrows. Yeah, that's interesting. So like Tomb Raider yeah. is a game, at least the reboot one. I haven't played any of the originals, but the reboot one, mm. um, it was much more narrative driven than the past games. Yeah. And uh, it was also a video game, though. So I think it's just a fine balance between how much of it is fanfare mm-hmm. and how much of it is mm-hmm. l- taking liberties with the story. Yeah. Because that's the other interesting thing is if something is, like you were saying, when the Laura Croft movie, uh, video game, it's like right. a lot, it's pretty cinematic and it's more film-like that when you do a film, it's really similar. But then when there's differences, they're more pronounced because mm, right, right, you've right, right. been through something similar versus mm. things that, for example, like you were talking about Colossus, mm. Shadow of the Colossus, that's not going to be... You're going to have those elements in a movie, right? But it's not the same, so there won't be like plot differences yeah. or whatever because you're changing it into a different format. And but you'd have to. There's no way you could fit all sixteen into three movies. You'd have to cut well, some yeah. of the colossus down. So you know what I'm well, saying? Yeah. So yeah. Like, so I'm agreeing with you with that. But it just get, it, everything is just yeah. every property would just be different because you're not going to be able to fit sixteen mm-hmm. at least to make a very cohesive story, yeah. right? Because then you get bored if you just saw. So I feel like you'd have to put three in. And then two in or two more in, you know. Mm-hmm. But then there's some fans like, wait, where's my favorite Colossus? Yeah, yeah you know. Exactly. So that it's just all, so, it's very murky waters. And there. so maybe there's some there's something to be said about doing the Assassin's Creed way, where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. this is inspired right. by that, but it's not the same right. story. Because if you were to take like Metal Gear Solid, I think could make good films. Ooh, um, ooh. If you were to take Metal Gear Solid Three, make that into a film, mm. like have it follow that storyline. Yeah. Didn't play that well. One. Well, it's like, oh, it's a good one. Well, then it's like, okay, well, he needs to get from here to here, and this stuff happens in between. Mm-hmm. We keep, you know, 40% of the in-between stuff, and then people go, oh, well, actually, you know, after it was after this villain, and that's how we got that, and, and stuff like that. So right, right. maybe the more narratively driven the video games are, the more careful you have to be handling it. And so doing, taking those characters and making it, just in part of the extended universe, it's a different right. Story so it's canon. There. It's just a different. Yeah. It's a different area. Yeah, like we were talking about with uh, taking Harry Potter and instead of redoing yeah, it, yeah. just do more stuff in the Harry Potter universe, which is seems like what they're starting to do with the Fantastic B series. Right. Um, that's very interesting. That's a what very a, interesting thing. What about, about a Peter Jackson esque like Final Fantasy? And there's a lot of stories mm, in Final Fantasy right. you could you could break down. Okay, that's a question I'm ready to answer. Okay. So I've been that's been on my mind for the last two weeks. All okay. right. Mm-hmm. So this is how I would if if I were given a chance yeah. to okay. have any sort of creative liberties with a Final Fantasy film or um, anything like that. Mm-hmm. You take so think of the Star Wars movies. So you have Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yes. Yeah. You take Final Fan I don't know if you guys have played any of the Final Fantasies, but I've played I grew up on ten. Mm-hmm. And there's a theory going around that the first Final Fantasy you play is your favorite. Because that's the one you start. Yeah, with. makes sense. Um, so there's, you know, there. I believe there's, uh, there's like sixteen now. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Well, I'm, I'm not the one to talk to about like. Yeah, the there's games. sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're on fifteen now, but there was ten, ten two. There was thirteen, mm-hmm. one two, and three. So and I never played the thirteens, but I played seven. I played ten. Yeah. Um, and I think those are widely considered the best. The thirteen. No, no, no. Oh, no, seven, no, seven, and seven, ten. eight, and ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, and here's what I would do. So here's my opinion towards that: is you get ten. Mm-hmm. And and it's a little bit 
okay, so here's where it gets a little tricky is like ethnicity. So yeah. um, Titus mm-hmm. is, in some cutscenes, he looks very predominantly like Asian. Mm-hmm. And then some cutscenes, you're like, that's Caucasian. So like there, I don't. I mean, it'd just be hard to cast cast a Final Fantasy movie because you have obviously mm-hmm. like I don't know. It, that's just that. That's where it get a little bit yeah. confusing to like obviously try to please everybody. Not that you're supposed to please everybody, but you know. But in an adaptation, I think what you would do is you take um, a story that you enjoy from one of the games. So mine would be Final Fantasy X. I believe there's okay. a lot to explore there, mm-hmm. and you would go um, in the direction of, let's say there's a scene in the movie. Um, um, I don't really know how to go into this. Okay, so let's say you fight a boss, mm-hmm. and the boss's name is Jet. And it's like the Battle of Jet. Let's say that. So you say the Battle of Jet, a Final Fantasy story. You know what I mean? So oh, you take okay. a predominant scene from the game or something and say, listen, for the fans who know this, so if I say there's a character in the game named Oren, and he's uh, a, a guardian of Titus, He's a guardian of Yuna. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to get into Final Fantasy logistics, but <laughs> <there's> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep it brief. <laughs> anyway, um, but there, let, so let's say there's Oren, and let's say he finds Titus, and it's um, Oren's recollection, a Final Fantasy story. You know what I mean? So you can uh, adapt. You can adapt mm-hmm. ten into like three different movies, let's say, but each one has a different like title. You know what mm. I mean? So it's not Final Fantasy ten the movie. Right. right, because it's not There's going so to be. It's not going to be no. Final Fantasy X yeah. the movie. It's going to be three different perspectives, or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's I really be, like that, and so, that and that kind of applies to some of the other stuff we were talking about. Like, for example, we we're just talking about how if you get from here to here to here to here to here, you right. can't make that all one narrative. But if you just take elements from it, and right. I think and Final Fantasy is a good property. So to I think do it's that a with. balance between you you split the movie and you adapt it at the same time. So you you're still telling the story of Final Fantasy X through Titus, Waka, um, you know all these characters. Mm-hmm. But it's you're you know you're only getting to certain aspects. So when you see Star yeah. Wars or Rogue One, a Star Wars story, or Solo, a Star Wars story, mm-hmm. you're knowing that okay, I'm going to go see a movie about the squadron that had the plans of the Death Star. Yeah. And I'm not going to see Darth Vader yeah. at all. And then you see some Darth Vader, and you're like, "Oh wow, I was oh. not expecting that." Yeah, nice little treat. It's a little treat. So like, it's not you're not going to go see Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time the movie, mm-hmm. you right? Know what I mean, so that's going to get different. Go. All right, so, yeah. well, let's move on. I have prepared a game I'm ready. for you guys. I'm ready for this game. Uh, I think we should title this Ooh. game uh, "Fact or." It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> 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 I like it. I like it. All right. So, oh, hi, Mark. So lots of actors on their pathway to pursue stardom end up taking roles in some less than decent films. Okay. Okay. A lot of them end up being B-horror movies. Mm. Okay. So I have a list of B-horror movies starring people that went on to be celebrities some are true, some are made up. You guys need to. Uh, we have to decide. You have one. to decide <laughs> yeah. if, if this is real or not. All right. All right. Uh, let's strapped start, in. Let's start off with Leonardo DiCaprio in Critters Three. Furry aliens lay eggs in a family's car and end up eating child Leo. Uh, 1991 film. True or it's not true. 91. False. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say false. It is true. It is film. Oh, his, film de- his film debut. That is true. Oh, wow. That was his God. film debut. Yeah. When did wow. he do Marvin's Room? Um, I don't know, dude. <laughs> Where was Marvin's Room located? Uh, upstairs to the left. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg in Attack of the Sinister Sawgrass, 1990. 
when scientist Dr. Simon Leaf, L-E-I-F, <laughs> spills a beaker of unstable fluid on a sample of sawgrass, oh. it turns into a creature bent on destruction and burns down the lab and attacks the city. A 19-year-old Mark Wahlberg is featured in a clothing store when he looks out the window just after the sawgrass passes and comically says, what in the hell was that? Uh, true. Uh, true? That is false. Oh, man. <laughs> I made that up. What in the hell was that? I know. You could, you could picture <laughs> he it. it. It's so, it was such a good description. Wow. Okay. L-E-A-F, leaf. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what about this? Uh, Clint Eastwood in Revenge of the Creature, 1955. <laughs> the creature is captured and sent to be studied by an animal psychologist. Clint Eastwood plays a doctor who blames a cat for eating a mouse and then immediately finds it in his lab coat. Uh, true? That is true. Oh, man. <laughs> that is true. It, <laughs> it's, a nice, it's a nice little scene to see uh, young Clint Eastwood. I think that might have been his film debut as well, 1955. Wow. wow. Imagine okay. you don't do these kind of movies after a few years. Okay, let's see if this, uh, what you guys make of this idea. Dr. Allen, played by Corbin Bernson, is a, su- is a successful dentist. When his wife cheats on him with a pool boy, he uses his dental practice to murder patients, and Mark Ruffalo can be seen in the dentist lobby telling a girl to twirl for him. Um, that one just hits close to home. I don't really want to talk about it. Well, oh. twirl for me, baby. Oh, <laughs> I'll be your pool boy. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say hope it's not true. Um, true with a side of twirl for me. <laughs> that is all true. Oh wow! That is all true. He was a, he was like a talent agent, and he's like, "Hey, do the walk for me." No, you gotta. No, Mark uh, Mark head. Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Wow, twelve for me." I'm like, "You were in a dentist lobby." When was that lobby. movie? Uh, that was 1996. Wow. Okay. Uh, John Wayne. John Wayne in The Thing from Outer Space, 1928. Okay. okay. A creature from outer space, space, which is played by a guy in a tinfoil suit, um, <laughs> oh, wow. attacks a California town Yikes. by vaporizing in comical 1920s film effects. It features a young John Wayne hunting with his dad when The Thing from Outer Space shows up and vaporizes them. I'm going to say true. That's, I'd buy it. I'm going to say false. That is false. Okay. Wow. Okay. Good. Good. okay. Wow. What about uh, George Clooney in Return of the Killer Tomatoes, 1988? A mullet-wearing George Clooney is featured working in a diner when an all-out brawl between cowboys and ninjas breaks out. True. True. I'm going to say true. That is is true. Return (laughs) of the Killer Tomatoes, 1988. Wow. Were the tomatoes the ninjas? No. So a a scientist made evil neo-Nazi tomatoes that look like humans. And neo Nazi tomatoes. There, there was some. I love the neo Nazi tomatoes. Were, there were hints of Nazism in there. Wow. So wow. it's not just an evil tomato. This no, this tomato tomatoes. has beliefs. And well, <laughs> well, I, I think maybe I think it might have been the it might have been the ideologues. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been the doctor was a Nazi. So like. Oh his. Oh okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now so we're they talking were bad parenting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> impressionable so. tomato. It should have been the attack of the impressionable tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> You're fat. He's a fat guy. Oh, he's so impressionable. <laughs> Those tomatoes That's like bad amazing. kids. Yes. That has been our game of Great game. fact or it's not true. It's bullshit. <laughs> a high mark. Beautiful. Oh, a high mark. Johnny. I once saw a girl got beat up by a couple guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> I once knew this girl. She had a dozen guys. 
One of them found out about it, beat her up so bad she ended up in a hospital on Guerrero Street. <laughs> what a story, Mark. <laughs> yeah, you could say that again. Oh, wow. <laughs> such a good movie. Oh, uh, we will do a The Room special at I one point. I would love that. I would love that, man. All right. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, one last thing I want All to right. talk about All right. is, uh, have you guys seen the Netflix series Altered Carbon? It is... Uh-uh. You know, I don't even think it's on my list. I I don't know what to make of it. Me neither. I all I know is that I love Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love '80s films. Yeah, I just love that a- aesthetic. Yeah, of those I types of movies. Um, and apparently it follows that sort of thing, that sort of trend. And it's a show, and it stars Joel Kinnaman from Suicide Squad, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's called Altered Carbon, and I don't know, I know barely anything about it. But apparently it's getting it's getting mixed reviews. So some people are like, "This is great," and okay. some people are like, "This is not good." Huh. And so that's really interesting me. So if you guys would be down, and within this coming week, if we watch, it's got ten ep- nine nine or ten mm-hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say we watch it, and then next podcast we talk about it because yeah. I'm yeah. I'm going into and I haven't seen a trailer or anything. I'm being completely yeah. blind. Same so here. I don't know a thing about it. So. Same here. Yeah, I'm really interested in it. Um, we'll see how that goes. I recently watched, uh, which just came out, I think about a week ago. Uh, the second season of Jessica Jones. So good. It was so good. So good. Have you yes. seen it, Daniel? I have not seen it. Have you seen, seen the first season? I've he, seen the Daredevils. That's all I've seen. You, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa, yeah, yeah. Whoa, I whoa, saw a yes. little bit of Luke Cage, whoa, whoa, whoa. and that's it. Yes. I did Slow miss down. I did miss <laughs> Punisher, so I need to go back and watch oh, that. Yeah, I haven't seen Punisher, Punisher either. So good. See, if yeah. I were to – listen, I'm not – okay. Listen, it would go like this. Daredevil mm-hmm. is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'm going to say Jessica Jones. Agreed. Okay. Just both seasons. Agreed. Then I'm going to say Punisher. I could see that. Then I'm going to say Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to say Defenders. And then Iron Fist at the end. That's uh, generally how yeah. it goes. Yeah, I would what, say so. They're all very Iron. enjoyable. Iron Fist is very slow. But yeah, they're all I, very enjoyable. Iron Fist wasn't great. Defenders wasn't great. I I think Defenders... Okay, yeah, you're right. It wasn't yeah. great. It was definitely good. Yeah, it um, was, and I, I think back at moments of them yeah. all being together, I'm like, wow, I remember why I like this show. And then there's right. other things like, wait, why? But we, like where? the first four episodes, they're not even together, you know? Yeah. And well, that's a lot of complaints are talking about that. I'm not going to get into I'm not saying that's the De- worst thing. Yeah. But. Defender discussion or anything. But um, I kind of like that they're all separate because oh, they've it was been, interesting. It was they've cool. been separate through all their, their own TV shows. And I love the uh, cinematography of all their certain color palettes are next to them mm-hmm. at like almost all times. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's very interesting. So I, yeah. I really enjoyed that show. Yeah. Yeah. I think. It was it was good. It wasn't great. So it, it it didn't. It wasn't focused. Yeah, I think I think that's the way to go. It but was, uh, but performances were powerhouse. You know, Jessica. Jo- you know, yeah. Kristen Ritter. She's always amazing as Jessica Jones. Yeah. Charlie Cox is phenomenal as Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, Mike Coulter. You know, mm-hmm. Finn Jones. They're all they're all. Yeah, right. and I think part of part of the good part was seeing um, Jessica Jones and Daredevil could because they both Matt and Jess both have like similarities. Very um. Stubborn personalities, right? But one is like Captain America esque, like I got to do what's right, and then she's like, "Yeah, fuck to... everything." <laughs> so, right, to, so to see them conflict with each other, like they're I'm both trying... like, "Who the hell are you?" To I'm each trying other, to make a better place. <laughs> yeah, um, and so, and then to see the because there had been throughout this whole thing, you know, common links and you know characters between and, and hints and stuff. So it was kind of it was cool to see those com- you know finally converge because that was. Into tours, it was a good payoff. Right. Well, guys, this has been great. I say we should uh, wrap this up. Uh, thank you to all you at home who have been listening, or if you're not at home, thank you for listening anyway. It still counts. Well, I'm going to pass this off to Daniel to ask the question of the all week. Right, so this is the question of the week. You can you I'm can ready. marinate on this. Ooh, like a good sauce. 
best film soundtrack. I, so, I have that written down. So not score necessarily, but soundtrack. Oh, interesting. So not like a score for the film, but like yeah. A so let's say goes. songs. Yeah. It's like uh, a Baby Driver type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, that is wonderful. You're but you guys can us. you guys can think about that throughout the week, <laughs> and we will come back next week and talk about that. We will talk about the series Altered Carbon, and uh, whatever else seems to come up. Thank you all for listening, and this has been our featured presentation.